This is Books of Titans, the podcast dedicated to the influences of influencers. The books that have helped shape prominent inventors, business leaders, athletes, intellectuals, scientists, and others. We'll talk about what makes these books such classics, and at least attempt to have an intelligent discussion about what makes them so important and influential. Today we're discussing the book, How Proust Can Change Your Life, by Henri Desbertons. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, just apologies in advance for how both Eric and I will mangle uh, we will do very, very bad things to the French language. Uh, neither of us are uh, uh, especially uh, uh, especially good with the uh, French pronunciation. So uh, bear I'm with not. us, those of you who are uh, uh, who are more uh, on the francophone side. Yeah, not, I mean, I have trouble with English, so. <laughs> Yeah, you you did grow up some in Minnesota, so you got some of the some of those problems that uh, come up a little bit. All right. So uh, as for who recommended the book, this was uh, actually uh, Matt Mullenweg, right? Yeah. Yep. The uh, the founder of uh, WordPress. Something I'm quite thankful for, as it uh, is a big part of what I do for for my work. So uh, thank you, Matt. He also recommended one of our one of one of our favorites from last year, the effective, no, the effective, the effective exec- executive, executive, yes, one of the best ones from last year, yeah, for sure. And if you want to follow Matt, I mean, he's he's in charge of WordPress, which powers, I believe, it's now up to twenty nine percent of the internet. Yeah, well, what, technically, I wouldn't say in charge of at this point, but he 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 was the lead designer at one point, at least. Yeah, the lead the lead. Uh, you know, the lead in that, in that role. But if you follow him, it, it's not about that. He's, he's got photo mat in, in that <laughs> at photo mat. He takes really good photos. So if, he does. if you're interested in checking that out, um, he's on Twitter and Instagram at photo mat. Yeah. So, uh, Alain de Botton, did I do that right? <laughs> so, sort of, but again, my ear on this is, is, is a bit tin, but, uh, yeah, I would say, uh, uh, Alain de Botton, uh, Alain de Botton. Uh, but, so, uh, you know, again, those who are uh, Francophiles in our audience are ready to uh, strangle both of us, I'm sure. So we'll just skip over that part, everybody. Well, he's he's the author and uh, he's Swiss, Swiss born yes. and British educated mostly. He, he was also did a little hit, uh, stint at uh, a, a small university in Cambridge. Massachusetts, but also uh, studied, or as they say, read history at Cambridge in uh, in the United Kingdom. I've read history some too. <laughs> I, I love how they call that. That's pretty I, cool. What, what I like about him is that he actually went to the Dragon School, which yeah, sounds right. like it, it. It should. It sounds like it should be like one of the schools that comes for like the Triwizard Cup in 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 uh, uh, you know in. Um, uh, the J.K. Rowling Harry Potter universe that they would be competing with Hogwarts or something, but uh, no, it's just a, a boarding school in Oxford. But I'm here's the thing: I think it's you know how like those Wild Birds Unlimited stores are all over the place, and you're like, man, there can't be that many people buying bird seed. That's got to be a front for something. <laughs> the Dragon School 
has to be a front like that. Again, that's got to be a front for some sort of Hogwarts thing where they're like actually training dragons or something. And they're just it's one of those things. Hide in plain sight. That's what they got going. But anyway, he that's where that's where he uh, he became uh, a native English speaker effectively. So there you go. Yeah. So I want to highlight one thing about his uh, his writing other other than this this book. And that is, uh, and this is from Wikipedia here, in January 2012, uh, sorry, in August 2009, he applied to a competition advertised among British literary agents by BAA, the airport management company, for the post of writer in residence at Heathrow Airport. The post involved being seated at a desk in Terminal 5 and writing about the comings and goings of passengers over a week. Uh, he He... Came up with a with a book uh, doing this, and the the book is titled "A Week at the Airport." Uh, but this this will make a lot more sense after we discuss <laughs> this particular book. But I, f- I found that really interesting, and uh, and you'll see why as we as we discuss the 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 Proust book. Uh, some may pronounce it Proust, as um, that's probably more of, of what it looks like saying it. Uh, yeah, but it's of course side of the pond. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> You know, so see that here's the problem is that my my French pronunciation really I've never been able to escape the the that all of my French pronunciation is basically an imitation of Inspector Cluzo. <laughs> so, you know, Peter Sellers uh, caricature of French uh, pronunciations in English really are what have pretty much governed uh, my French pronunciations ever since, and I have never been able to escape it. You know, the hill is looking at you, kid. So, yeah, anyway. <laughs> well, if you're, if you're not confused yet, the, uh, again, the author is, is Alain, Alain de Botton, and he wrote a book about <laughs> Proust. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, the other book that, that I think is really of interest in terms of, of uh, De Botton, or De Botton, sorry, the accent's on the first syllable there, uh, but um, is his Religion for Atheists, which is, uh, which is a book about the benefits of religions for those who don't believe in them, which is an interesting concept. But uh, yeah, anyway, so continue. Have you, wait, wait, have, you, have you read any of his books? I have not. I, I, I know that religion for atheists exists. And that's about, uh, and I know some of, um, I know a little bit about De Bonton, but I don't know, uh, I don't know his work experientially. So, but yeah, okay. that's, that's Wait, but you had, you had heard of him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've definitely okay. heard of him. He's, he's got a, uh, he's, he's had generally positive, uh, reception as a, as a writer. Okay. So I think I've well, cool. Well, um, so, uh, Proust was a French author in the early 1900s and, uh, his full name, Valentin Louis Georges, George, Eugene, <laughs> Marcel Proust. So uh, imagine writing that down in uh, elementary school. But yeah, I'll just go into my uh, my overview and initial reactions to the book. This is a really short book. It's um, under 200 pages, or right at yeah, uh, 199 if you read if you read the acknowledgments. And it's a it's a feel good book about trying to live with mindfulness and a knowledge on the shortness of time. So those may see those may sound like uh, some 
themes that we came across in some of the other books of the Books of Titans list. And uh, indeed it was, but uh, it was a very entertaining read. And um, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've never read any any uh, uh, Proust. Have, have you read any Proust? I have not read any Proust. Okay. And I, I'm I'm not I'm not francophilic enough to seek out French uh, French writers, and and you know, I, I generally wind up having to read some of them for my for my profession. But beyond that, uh, I I don't generally seek them out. Well, and and the great thing about this book is you didn't you don't have to have read any of his works, or you don't really even need to know much about him. I I didn't know anything about Proust going into this book, and and um, and I, I really enjoyed it. Here, here's kind of a huge part in all this. His his main work that he is known for is called In Search of Lost Time. And I'm going to do a little interesting uh, thing here. And, and I'm, on, I'm on Amazon. And In Search of Time is in seven volumes. Okay, here, here are the pages, the number of pages for each volume. Volume one, 606. Volume two, <laughs> 784. Volume three, 864. Volume four, 400. He went down to, to 400. But he makes up for it in the next one. And this one is actually uh, the, pain, the modern library version where they combine five and six into 992 pages. And he finishes volume seven with 784 pages. So this is an enormous book. And it's his m- most well-known book. And so they, the this this how how Proust can change your life goes into that. What you know? Why did he write a three thousand plus page book? Um, and so we'll, we'll he didn't cover have that a little time to shorten it. Yep, yep. So um, here are a few of uh, my favorite quotes that I came across in the book, and then after that, I just have kind of a few nitty gritty things. And Jason, you'll be pleased. I do have. A favorite word. It's actually a slogan. I don't know if it counts, but uh, <laughs> it, counts. it counts. It counts. So here's quote number one. Whenever he looked at paintings, Proust had a habit of trying to match the figures depicted on the canvases with people he knew from his own life. I just thought this was was cool. I mean, sometimes you look at a piece of art and it's like the people look weird or, or something like that. But he would he would always try to kind of connect his own life with whatever art that he was looking at. And, and as we'll see later on, he did that with, with everything. I mean, he, he did it. Um, he, he really tried to, to get to know people, but to, to create stories around people or, or things he saw or artwork. And I, I just thought that was kind of a cool way of connecting art of the past with, with his current life. Huh. Second, second one, in reality, every reader is, while he is reading, the reader of his own self. The writer's work is merely a kind of optical instrument which he offers to the reader to enable him to discern what, without this book, he would perhaps never have experienced in himself. And the recognition by the reader in his own self of what the book says is proof of its veracity. I, I see this a lot when I'm reading um, you you kind of get introduced to your yourself. You you see things that you wouldn't necessarily see, and and um, I, I, I enjoyed that uh, that quote. Third one here: uh, we cannot be taught wisdom. We have to discover it for ourselves by a journey which no one can undertake for us. 
an effort which no one can spare us. That's yeah. See, that's one that I'm. I'm just. I I agree on the one hand with the uh, with the idea that you have to discover wisdom for yourself. You know that there is an aspect that and it's one of those things in being in education. You you have to accept that there is no. Like you can't learn for the students. The students have to learn for themselves. They have to actually do it. You can only serve as a guide. But at the same point, that's what teaching is, is giving someone the ability to discover wisdom or knowledge for themselves without having to go through the mistakes that would otherwise, you know, that, 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 that come from a lack of knowledge. So I, I, on the one hand, I agree with that quote, but on the other hand, I, I, I want to put that caveat with it, you know, thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in, I think this one really came from his, his life experience. He had a really painful life in terms of ailments and that sort of thing to where he, uh, he, he had a huge distrust of, of doctors because for him, doctors were people who had just read about what he was experienced were experiencing, whereas he had actually gone through the pain and he knew he knew more about his ailments than a doctor ever could that had never experienced those. So he kind of took that from the realm of, of just medical to, to further that he, he thought the best things that you knew were, were ones that uh, experiences that came through pain. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, next quote for, uh, from you. Beauty is something to be found rather than passively encountered. Kind of reminded me of the uh, pursuit of happiness type yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, you, you, the pursuit and not just uh, waiting for happiness to, to come to you. Um, so that one reminded me of that. Um, this, this one was interesting, and I'll, and I'll contrast it with what what uh, the frame was here of what what he what what he was talking about. Women who are to some extent resistant, whom one cannot possess at once, whom one does not even know at first whether one w- will ever possess, are the only interesting ones. <laughs> and he was contrasting this with prostitution, and he said the the prostitute is an in an unfortunate position in the Proustian theory of desire because she both wishes to entice a man and yet is commercial commercially prevented from doing so doing what is most likely to encourage love, namely tell him that she is not free tonight. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole headache thing, I guess. <laughs> I don't think that's what he's talking about, but yeah. Yeah, that, it, it is interesting, though. I mean, there is something to that. that uh, and I think that that's probably not entirely unrelated to the other quote where he ta- where he's talking about beauty as something to be found mm-hmm. uh, in that part of what makes uh, those kinds of relationships, romantic relationships, interesting and, and so compelling is is the the chase. The pursuit is 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 really the pursuit and being pursued is really the, the dance that makes it so unique and so uh uh that's what makes it to a large degree and if you if you cut that out then yeah there is some aspect of disinterest that comes with that 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 the interest comes with the pursuit or with the 
finding the discovery of beauty as opposed to the passive encountering of it when since it's you know it's there for the taking mm-hmm. so I, I, sus- I suspect you can run those two together all right next one this one's good for our uh, our project in in the book went into a, a lot of detail about the limitations of reading so here's one reading is on the threshold of the spiritual life it can introduce you to it it does not constitute it it's interesting, yeah, and I agree with that too. That it is, it's not uh, read. And actually, it's interesting that that many uh, many religious people in in various traditions find themselves viewing uh, reading or recitation as among the most spiritual things you can do. Whether that's you know evangelical Christians talking about your quiet time and making sure that you know you. Uh, spend time in the word as the parlance goes or Muslims uh, reciting and, and reading the Quran, you get uh, similar kinds of ideas that the, re- that reading is actually this is that spiritual act. But I, I think Proust is right here in that sense that, uh, that reading is only the threshold. It, it, it takes you to the threshold. It, 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 it gets you to the door and can and can function as a door, but it doesn't get you. It, it doesn't constitute being in the room. Yeah, at least in my experience. Well, and, and he he goes on to talk too of of reading too much and not ever taking the time to think about what you're reading. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's just some good. Uh, you, good you should be. Thoughts. I mean, you got to record a podcast to really chew on and think through what you've read in order to to really remember it. You know, to really have experienced it well. To have found it, I mean, it's just unfortunate they didn't have podcasts back then. Yeah, and so they had to write eight hundred page volumes to to, to, to ruminate. Or, or three thousand. Yeah. All right. So uh, next one. You make a distinction between manual and spiritual professions, which I couldn't subscribe to. The spirit guides the hand. So this is in response to what? Um, I don't remember. It came pretty soon after the uh, limitations, limitations of reading. Yeah. But um, let's see. Yeah, I don't recall. Um, yeah. Well, either way, yeah, I you know this is this is an important thing in terms of. Uh, that question of is the spiritual and the, and the body some, are they, are they two different domains or are they really one, you know, two aspects of the same thing? And that's, uh, you know, interesting, interesting. Yeah. And and the reason this one for a long time, the reason this one stuck out to me um, and I I kind of think of it too. A lot of people will talk of, of, uh, of especially in, um, maybe more evangelical circles of, of working, like doing work for the Lord, which would be working in a church or something or being a missionary as opposed to working in the secular world. Um, and, and kind of the idea that working in a church is a better thing or it's a, it's a more spiritual thing. Uh, but I've, I've never really liked that distinction distinction. And, and that's more of what I was thinking about here. And, and, Proust also was very into the mundane and in 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 he he would actually he would talk to the maid over 
an aristocrat or, you know, he, he would always go to all these parties and he, he would find himself just bored out of his mind. And he's like, I'd, I'd rather be at home talking to the maid or, or just talking to somebody that normally would not uh, be someone that people would, would necessarily seek out in conversation. And so, uh, yeah, that mundane, and we'll, we'll get, get, uh, get more into that in, in the nitty gritty section. All right. So uh, one, you, I think you got one more quote before we get to the details. Yeah. And, and I'm not even going to try the name here, but it's the name of, of the city that, uh, that Lydia Pro- Pro- or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was born in. So it should not be that city that we visit. A genuine homage to Proust would be to look at our world through his eyes, not to look at his world through our eyes. And I thought it was just a cool, uh, cool way of thinking about it. I mean, this, this whole book, uh, you know, these, these quotes that I did, most of them are, are, are quotes from Proust, but some of them were from, from uh, De Botton, uh, the, the author of this particular book. Uh, but, but basically the idea is here's, here's what uh, Proust thought, here's what, uh, what he wrote about, here's what he thought about, and this is how it can change your life. And, and so uh, I, I like that. This was at the very end of the book. Where, where he said that so all right so uh before we move any further you have a favorite slogan yeah and you're gonna read this in french i'm sure oh do you do you want to try it <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll just put that one in the show notes uh i you know i i have to i have to read a decent amount of french on occasion for for what i do but fortunately i don't have to really pronounce it to anyone but myself so i'm just gonna keep I'm going to keep from that one. Uh, we'll, we'll put that phrase in the show notes for All those right. of you who I'll, are Francophiles. English, English uh, translation of it. And it's <laughs> don't go too fast. Uh, watch your speed. But it's a lot more beautiful in, in French. So, and, so, so we hear. Yeah. So it just reminded me of my grandpa. We're like, anytime we're walking, my grandpa's like way behind. We're like, come on, catch up, catch up. But he just, he doesn't go too fast. He watches the speech. He, he, he really takes everything in as he's going. And, and uh, it's something that, that Proust was a big uh, proponent of. So now into, uh, now into the nitty gritty. He, he had an interesting way of reading the newspaper. This is, this is Proust. He would uh, take the, the news in brief. And then he would concoct these backstories. So, so news in brief would just be like uh, a, a paragraph or, or, or even just a few sentences of, um, of something that had happened. So you'd get the main details, but, but it would leave out a lot of the story. So it might be about a murder or, or something to that effect. And in his imagination, he would read these and then just he, he would write the rest of the story of, of what happened to, to create the circumstance for, for the murder. Um, so again, that, that idea of looking deeper into things, uh, just looking into the mundane things of life and, and, and digging deeper. The other thing he would do with the daily paper is he would read the train timetables and not for the purpose of catching a train, but he would read the train timetables and again, concoct stories. So you know, somebody would get on the train at this station and then they would get off at this station. Well, what were they, what were they doing? Why, why were they on the train to begin with? Uh, were they going to, or were they coming from all these different things? And he would just, it was like his imagination would just run wild by just looking, looking at a, a train timetable. So I thought that, that was really cool. Uh, 
And uh, Jason, you really like this one. Uh, so again, mentioned at the beginning, the seven volume book uh, that was Proust's uh, most famous, 3,000 <laughs> yeah, plus great pages. Uh, Monty Python had a sketch where they would try to get people to describe <laughs> describe the seven volume book in 15 seconds <laughs> yes the all england summarized proust competition so <laughs> I, but I, this was this was brilliant because it was kind of the exact opposite of what proust would do where he would take the train timetables or the news in brief kind of like the 15 seconds and then turn it into a a major story um here monty python is is trying to do the opposite so I thought that was that was pretty funny. Um, another another key point of the book is Proust's interest in people and the delight in the everyday. Uh, he was known for just going just super deep with people. I mean, just continuing to ask questions, almost like the you know keep asking why until you till you get what you want uh, to hear or to learn what you want about something going on, he would just keep asking people questions, digging deeper into things that they thought were boring. And he would just be utterly fascinated with, with seemingly insignificant details about, about someone's life. So that, that was cool to, to read about. Um, and then as, as I mentioned before that he, he didn't feel like he learned anything unless there was pain involved. And uh, that led to a, a distrust of, of doctors. So to conclude, I, this is a really, it's a worthwhile and a very humorous book. And I, you don't need to have read Proust to, to enjoy this one. Uh, but if you have read, read him, I think you would, you would enjoy this one even more. Uh, if you plan on, on reading the 3,000 plus pages of, of Proust, more power to you. Uh, I, I'm kind of in that vein where I, 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 I think there's a lot of benefit of reading the original material as opposed to works about the material. But in this case, this one is probably a, a really good introduce, introduction to, to Proust, uh, especially if you're you're not interested in, in tackling the, the seven volume uh, uh, masterpiece of, of his, uh, his novel. So pick this one up. It's, it's under 200 pages, quick read, but a very enjoyable and read and one that that hits on a lot of the topics that we've we've discussed in our other books this year well there you go uh this was a pretty quick episode on our on our standards uh i suppose because uh i have less familiarity to, to be able to fill the the air with on that but um yeah pretty good summary and um good uh, uh apparently a, a book uh, worth reading one that um i may have to pick up at some point even though Again, you know, I'll I'll have to get over my lack of facility with uh, with 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 French uh, for some of the terms, I'm sure. But uh, any other any other final comments? Uh, in in my review of the book that I that I put up on the Books of Titans website, I I put that this book has great insight into friendship, reading, how to appreciate the everyday, and how to be mindful. So if if any of those things strike your fancy, uh, I think you'd enjoy this one. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us. Before we get out of here, just a reminder, you can follow along with us at booksoftitans.com. You can, of course, ping us on Twitter or Instagram at Books of Titans. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to this podcast through iTunes, the Android Marketplace, Apple Podcasts, which is what 
I meant by iTunes uh, or your podcast manager of choice. And uh, make sure to give us five-star ratings, if at all possible, if you're enjoying this podcast. Pass it along also to friends. Share it on social media. We'll be back soon to discuss the next book. We'll be back in about a week. Uh, and uh, we'll have a lot to discuss on that one from uh, the, the book that is planned, but I won't spoil that. On behalf of Eric, I'm Jason. This has been the Books of Titans podcast. Keep listening, keep reading, and keep improving. And keep it real. I made this.